0: Well, welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible study. I'm Randy Duncan, and in this episode, we're going to begin our study through the book of Genesis. But before we jump into this study, I just want to give you a heads-up on how I'm going to handle the first several verses. These initial verses of Genesis are very important, especially in our modern world where many people believe that science has disproved much of the Bible, especially the early parts of Genesis. And so we're going to take our time making our way through creation week. And after that, then we'll start progressing at a more normal pace of about a chapter per episode. But I think it's critical in these early verses to make sure that we have a proper grounding and reference and to demonstrate and reassure you as a believer that science has in no way disproved the Bible or the existence of God. Or to say it another way, the rumors about the death of God have been greatly exaggerated. In fact, you'll see as we go along that modern science has done the exact opposite and has actually made the argument for the existence of God even stronger. And so, with those introductory words, let's jump in with perhaps the most recognized and most well-known verse in all of Scripture, Genesis 1-1, which reads, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, some people believe that this Not the resurrection of Jesus is the biggest miracle in the entire Bible. Because if it's true, then doing other, seemingly smaller miracles should be child's play for a creator that can bring the entire universe into being from nothing, even a resurrection. And so if you can understand, you can comprehend and believe this very first verse, then the rest of the Bible is understandable. But there are two primary worldviews that you can hold. Either the universe and everything is the result of a cosmic accident and random chance, just physics and chemistry, or the universe is the result of deliberate design by a creator. Now the atheists or skeptics want to point out that we Christians just believe God always existed and that's an easy way out. But they then turn around and argue that the universe or some multiverse generator has always existed. Both sides are arguing that something has always existed, so regardless of which side you're on, it involves some measure of faith. The atheist believes that the universe created itself. The Christian believes that the universe was created by God. There really is no other perspective, at least not one that doesn't bring you back to this ultimate starting point. And sadly, Our education system and our media, and indeed even our culture, have explained away God in the minds of many. Many people believe that science has explained everything, and so there's no room left for God. And therefore, because it runs contrary to their way of thinking, the book of Genesis is the main hang-up for many people. I mean, after all, Adam and Eve, an apple... A talking snake the flood the Tower of Babel the ark etc etc and if a person believes that they can't trust Genesis then why should they trust what Jesus said if we can't get a person past Genesis 1 1 then how are we ever going to get them to John three sixteen? so back to verse 1 in the beginning we're all so familiar with this first part of this verse that we don't take the time to appreciate exactly what's being communicated here. So let's take a look at it a little more closely. Now, modern science, of course, teaches the Big Bang Theory. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's not all that important right here. The main takeaway is that there was a beginning. And why is that important? Because for all of human history, all the way up until the 1920s, which is only 100 years ago... People, including scientists, thought that the universe was eternal, that it had always existed. But thanks to people like Albert Einstein and Edwin Hubble, scientists proved that the universe indeed had a definitive beginning. In other words, it was not eternal. It hadn't always existed. And not only did it have a beginning, but it was actually expanding. Now, this was a huge discovery, in fact, one of the greatest discoveries of the 20th century, and it took scientists completely by surprise. In fact, scientists didn't like this discovery. Why? Because it sounded way too familiar. It sounded way too much like Genesis 1-1. And in fact, scientists spent a couple of decades trying to disprove the findings, but they weren't able to do so. Genesis was written about 3,500 years ago. So about 3,400 years before brilliant scientists figured it out, the Bible told us that the universe had a beginning. Not only that, in the second half of the verse, it told us that the cause of that beginning was God. The universe was created by a willful act of God. But science operates with handcuffs on because it's limited by self-imposed rules to only allow for naturalistic explanations. I mean, there's no secret there. And so by not even allowing a supernatural explanation, they're not even permitted to consider God. And so all they're left with is to try and offer up the best naturalistic explanation they can imagine. And so that's how and why they propose things like the multiverse. Never mind that there's no evidence whatsoever for a multiverse. That doesn't matter. So even though it's pure speculation at at least it doesn't involve God. But getting back to the Christian perspective, we know there was a beginning which implies a beginner, which is exactly what the Bible teaches. Now, it also tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. Now, that term heavens and earth in Hebrew, the Shemaimaretz, refers to all of physical reality, the universe. It's what the Greeks referred to as the cosmos. All space, all time, all matter, and all energy. And so, if space, time, matter, and energy were created, then the one who created them must be beyond them, must transcend them. Or to say it another way, if all of nature was created, then the creator must be beyond nature, or what we would call supernatural. Also, the Hebrew word for created is bara, which means created out of nothing. There's a different Hebrew word for when God creates out of existing material. That word is asah, but that word is more akin to the word made. But that's not the word used here in Genesis 1.1. This is referring to creation ex nihilo, meaning literally out of nothing from previously non-existent material. No matter, no energy, absolutely nothing. You see, You and I, we can make things, we can form things, but we're using pre-existing materials. Only God can create in the sense implied here by Barah. Just an observation here as well. It says, in the beginning, God, and that word used here for God is Elohim. It's a plural form of a word for God. But we know God is a singular entity. So why would Genesis use the plural in describing the one true God, could it be a hint of the Trinity right here in the very first verse of the Bible? You know, some people have said that Jesus is on every page of the Old Testament, and I don't know about that, but I am aware of what I believe are many allusions to Jesus in the Old Testament, and I think this is possibly one of them. So when we read that in the beginning God created, and we read the plural form of God, Elohim, it should at least cause us to ask the question and to dig a little deeper. I mean, who actually created the heavens and the earth? Was it God the Father? Was it Jesus? Or was it the Holy Spirit? In Colossians 1.16, speaking about the preeminence of Jesus, Scripture says that, "...for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, All things were created through him and for him. And who is the him here? The him here is Jesus Christ. And here, he's credited with creating all things. And in Genesis 1-2, it says that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And so here, we see the Spirit of God acting in creation. And so in wrapping up this episode, in this very first verse of the Bible, it's as if God has anticipated so many false ideologies. He rebukes so many isms and theologies. For example, what about pantheism, the belief that the universe is God and God is the universe? No. The Bible says God created the universe. He transcends the universe. He's separate from the universe. Well, what about naturalism? No. The universe did not just appear out of nothing. God created it. What about polytheism? No, there's only one God, although he is triune in nature. Well, then atheism, there is no God. No, the Bible says God exists and created the universe. Well, what about humanism where man, not God, is the ultimate reality? No, God is the ultimate reality and the creator of all things. And the list goes on any ism, any theology. It just seems that God has anticipated. Listen, I very much appreciate you joining me in this first episode of our study of the book of Genesis. And again, first few episodes, they're going to be at a much slower pace as we take a deeper dive into creation week. But I think it's very important to remove potential obstacles for some people. Because again, if we can't get them to accept Genesis, how can we expect them to accept Jesus? And after all, That's the purpose of this podcast, to encourage believers in Jesus Christ and to share with listeners that God indeed so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And my prayer for you is that through this study, that you do as 2 Peter 3.18 implored us and that you grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I invite you to stay with me through this fascinating study of God's word. And if you do, For any of you who are not yet believers, you might just discover that Jesus is the one that you've been looking for all along.